order what's words because words do make a difference what you say in public and to people I know sometimes we get mad about what's going on we get disgusted about what's going on and it's like I said the other day a young lady I saw and I said that's a beautiful young lady then I looked at her and she had a ring in her nose and that just aggravated me so bad right then I couldn't understand it and a beautiful person like that and then mess herself up with a ring in her nose I, but uh, I didn't say nothing but I sure did think it and uh, people just need to watch what they're seeing and some of the people in Congress and news men and and people in this country now are just saying whatever they want to and it's causing problems we just need to pray about it and think about before you speak think about it Uh, what is that before your mouth speak put your brain in gear or something like that that's what they used to tell me but we need to do it I was reading late last night I guess about 12 o'clock I was sitting there in my chair and reading this portion in John and you know how you read I don't know how many times I've read this and all of a sudden there's just uh, something very special about it and uh, if you turn your Bible please to John chapter 10 now John chapter 10 Verses 27 through 29 is, or, or 30 is the verses that people come to me and they talk about you lose your salvation and uh, I once was saved but now I lost my salvation or whatever. I always turn to this portion of Scripture and read it to them to, to give them the assurance of your salvation or you can't lose your salvation. I want to turn to John chapter 10 verse 27 my sheep which hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand my father which gave them me is greater than all and no man has even plucked them out of my father's hand I and my father are one when I read those verses anybody if it can read those verses and realize now that the Bible is God's Word. God said you can't lose your salvation according to those scriptures in. That once you get saved, you're saved forever. God holds you in your hand. And I, I don't know how many times I've used that and read the verses I'm fixing to read to you. But uh, I want you to listen to this beginning in verse 30. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father, and for which all uh, of those works, for which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I said, you are gods. If you call them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, 
thou blasphemest? Because I said I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe, me, believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore, they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name tonight you bless your word to our hearts. We rejoice in this fact that we know we're saved. And I pray that anybody that has doubts about their salvation or don't know who to come to for salvation, that they understand that Jesus is the Christ. And we can prove it. Bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in verses 30-38, and uh, if you'll take that when you get a chance, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1-14, through 14, chapter 2, verses 9-18, through 18, it talks about, now we see Jesus, and in other words, everything else flew away when, it's, when he got to Hebrews, and he said, put all the works apart, now we see Jesus. And the whole Bible is written about one person, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is man, no doubt about it. But he is also God. He's all God, but he's all man. And people can't understand that. It's hard for anybody. I, I don't understand it much. I believe it 100%, but I don't understand it. How can God be all man and how can God be all God at the same time? Well, the only conclusion I got to do say about that, God can do whatever He wants to do. Amen? Because He is God. No man, no other person could do that. But God sure can. Now, what I want to talk to you about though, if I didn't have any other way of knowing that uh, Jesus is God in the flesh... I would have to look at what he did while he walked on the face of this earth. Or also what he is doing in this day that we live in. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, I, I, I look at my own life and I'm not the person that I was before I met him. He changed me so completely. And you know how many people that I've got to lead to the Lord over the years that God changed completely. They were going in one direction. Uh, they were living one kind of life and then they met the Lord Jesus Christ they took him as Savior and he changed their whole life notice what verse 38 says but if I do though you believe not me believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him Jesus is God in the flesh and he walked upon this earth and he did great wonders now, someone wrote this little thing. What think you of Christ is the test? To try both your state and your scheme. You cannot be right in the rest unless you think uprightly uh, uh, of Him. And that's the truth. You can't be right in all the other doctrines of the Bible unless you think rightly of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the uniqueness of the Lord Jesus Christ. The question is asked, who is Jesus Christ? What is His nature? In John 5, verse 39, search the Scriptures, that's the Bible, 
Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Now, I've had people many a time say that I worship the Bible, that I use the Bible as my crutch, that I'm always referring back to the Bible on anything that I talk to people about. And I do. And I depend on the Bible. The Bible is my crutch, if you want to put it that way. The Bible is what I rely on. It is the Word of God. But let me give you something. The Bible says you search the Scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life. If, if I look at this book, and all I see is reading words in the book, and it's a good story, and it's a good story book, if that's all I see, I have no eternal life. The Bible said if you see the Word of God and you study the Word of God and you think you have eternal life, but you won't turn to me that you might have eternal life. In other words, the Bible is all about one thing, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is to take the Word of God and lead you to a person for salvation, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. you got to be careful how you say that because it is the Word of God, but yet... It's the Word of God that leads you to God. Now, there are many ways of approaching the study of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. For instance, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, uh, and Revelation 22, verse 13, says He is the, He is glorious as the eternal, unchanging One. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Isaiah 9, verse 6, He is glorious in the names and titles which are ascribed to Him. In John 1, verse 8, in verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 26, He is glorious in His relationship to God the Father, the mighty, holy God. To God, Head, He's part of that wonderful counselor, the mighty God. John 4, verse 25 26, He is glorious in His uh, claims which He made for Himself. He is glorious in the experience of His people. He is their Savior, Shepherd, Friend, Lord. In John 19, verse 30, in Jude 24, He is glorious in the perfection of His redeeming work. In Hebrews 1, verse 3, He is glorious in the place of glory which He now occupies. He's on the right hand of the Father seated in glory. So, when you talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, who is He? He's the great God. Now, there are two essentials and the unique characteristics of the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, He is at the same time perfect human, absolute divine. Number two, He is very God and very man at the same time. Now, if you take these two one at a time, the perfectly human humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago or there's about, He who had ever been with the Father, one with Him in essence and nature, came to this earth, John chapter 1. When he came to this earth, he was born just as other children are born, through a woman, Luke chapter 2. He grew up in wisdom and stature in Luke chapter 2, verse 40. He was subject to the laws of human development 
in body and soul. In other words, he grew just like any other human being. In wisdom and knowledge as he grew. Now, he, as he moved among men, he spake like a man. He looked like a man. In Mark chapter 15, verse 34, as he walked among people, uh, people would say of the Lord Jesus Christ, could this be God in the flesh? We know his dad and mother. We know when he was born. We knew when he grew up. We saw him. And Jesus even had to make the remark in his, in his word, uh, uh, a prophet has no honor in his own country. And so uh, he was subject to frailty of the human nature apart from sin, such as hunger, uh, weariness, pain, temptation, death. But he had no sin in him. But he went through all of that as us humans do. But he was the perfect man altogether without sin. He was and is truly man. For although he has been down into death, he has now risen in a perfect human body. He has taken his humanity up to the throne of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 9. As you see him go. So he went to heaven in a human body. In 1 Timothy 2 5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. In Hebrews 9, verse 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and even now is already in the world. In other words, anybody that confesses not that the man Jesus Christ is God in the flesh is not a God. The scripture plainly states that he is indeed the man Christ Jesus. Yet the scriptures declare plainly that this man is in very truth God, the absolute deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch it. Jesus did not become God, but in the fullness of time and in order to become our Redeemer, He became man, according to Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But He always was God, one with the Father and the Spirit, Colossians 2 and verse 9. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Think about that. When you see the Lord Jesus Christ walking upon this earth, there was God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in Him. When you saw Him, you saw all three. In John 1, verse 1 and 2, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Matthew 1, 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Isaiah 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Note now, Isaiah 9, verse 6, The child was born, the son was given. The son ever was the son. He was given. He didn't become the son. He was given. 
But at Bethlehem, the son was given in the form of a child. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Over and over again in the New Testament, Jesus is spoken of by himself and by others as the Son of God. Five times he is spoken of as the only begotten Son. Revelation 1, verse 18. Crying him that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. At Caesarea Philippi, Peter made this great confession, which our Lord stated had been given by divine inspiration. He allowed Peter to acknowledge him as the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the I Ams of John chapter 6 through verse 15, which means He is God. Now think about this. All of His miracles attested to His deity. He turned water into wine. He healed a son. He made a man whole. He fed a multitude. He stilled a storm. He gave sight to the blind. He raised the dead. Man can't do that. Only God can do that. Now, all of which demonstrated that Jesus was Lord over time, distance, disease, growth, gravitation, nature's diseases, and death. Now I want to read you something. Look at John chapter 20 a minute. John chapter 20. Two verses, verse 30 and verse 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. I was sitting there reading the other night, and I got to thinking. His own brothers did not know he was deity in his body until after his resurrection. And after he died and rose again, then they believed he was the Christ. Now you think about it. How would you like to have been in that household with Jesus being born as that little baby and been a brother to Jesus in that family and seeing him grow up and his mother changed his diapers and fed him just like any other baby and his mother and daddy took care of him and his step... Father took care of him, and as he grew up and watched him grow up and, and talk just like anybody else and suffer just like anybody else, how pain in his body just like anybody else, and somebody says to you as his brother, that man's God. That'd be hard to believe, wouldn't it? You just think about that. What if you had a brother right now and you seen him do the same thing and he went around claiming he's God? Well, what makes a difference is, is what he did in his body while he was here on this earth. No other person could do that. None of his brothers could do that. His daddy and mama couldn't do that. None of the rest of his family could do that. Only Jesus can turn water into wine. Only Jesus can raise the dead. Only Jesus can heal any kind of sickness. Only Jesus can tell the waters to be still. Now, all the things that Jesus did on this earth... A man can't do that. But I saw him. I saw him in his body. I saw him just like any other man. And he looked like just any other man. Yes, he did. He was all God, but he was all man. Now, 
That makes me say with Thomas, this is what Thomas said in John 20, verse 28. And Thomas answered and saith unto him, My Lord and my God. Now that's what makes a difference. Here's the Creator. John 1, verse 3. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Can you imagine seeing Jesus walk around on this earth and looking at Him as He walked around in that human body and realizing that that man made everything that was ever made? That man? He is the upholder of all things. Colossians 1, verse 17. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. I was read, I was listening to, to Pelosi and that bunch of nuts that think it, uh, talking about the world warming and the rising of seas and and the caps gonna the ice is gonna melt and flood the world one day and all this kind of stuff and, and I was reading in the Psalms where God's this man's word Jesus said waves you stay right where you're at land you rise up out of the water. You stay right where you're at. By His Word, the waves can't come over the world. By His Word, everything consists. Think about it. If God did not hold back the diseases and the, and the insects and everything else in this world from killing us, we'd die in a second. We'd be dead. But at the Word of God, think about this. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. He is a forgiver of sins. Mark chapter 2, verse 5 through 10. That's the, that's the problem that got Him in trouble with man. When He said, Thy sins be forgiven you. Now it's like I've had that happen to me on many times as I've led people to Christ and later on I'd see Him. You're the one that saved me. No. No, I can't forgive nobody's sins. I had to a Catholic in the, in the hospital one time and I watched what was going on there was he, he was in there in the hospital bed and two of his parishioners come in and he put his thing around his neck and, and did his Hail Marys and so on and I, he said I exhort you I, whatever he does to take your sins off of you and I'm sitting over there a sinner taking a sinner's sins off of him not hardly can't be done amen and only a, only a, a man that has no sin in him. Only one of those. That's Jesus Christ. He is a forgiver of sin. Now the question is, what's your attitude towards Him? That's what makes the difference where you go to hell or heaven. That's it. What's your attitude towards the Lord Jesus Christ? Is He just another man? Did He just do things? I was laughing. I read this book how this one atheist was writing this book of, of how that Jesus arranged everything in his life. He arranged where he'd be born. He arranged uh, where he died and how he would die. He arranged where Judas come in and betrayed him. And he said he was just a man that arranged everything. And I said, you idiot, you just proved he is God. Amen? How can anybody... I want to ask you something. Did you arrange that you'd be born? No. Did you arrange on what sex you'd be born into? No. Did you arrange where you'd be born? No. Only God can do that. Amen? 
And Jesus did exactly that. He arranged where he'd be born, how he'd be born, where he would die, where he'd be risen from the dead, everything about it. I say to you today that the man, Christ Jesus, is God in the flesh. And your attitude towards him is what makes a difference where you go to heaven or hell. Will you listen to him? And, and, and what I liked about that verse in, in John chapter 10, I'll go back here for just a second. John chapter 10, and, and listen to this verse again. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. One of the ways that I know that I'm saved is because I have seen the works that Jesus does. You know how many people I've prayed for over the years and God's healed them? It's unbelievable what I've seen. I've, I've been in many hospital rooms and prayed for people. Did the doctor said, there's no hope for them, preacher. Uh, we will call for you to come pray for them. Uh, and I prayed for them. And a few days later, they get up and walk out. Now, we're just, medicine couldn't do it. Doctors couldn't do it. And they called for the preacher to ask God to do it. And guess what? He did. Amen? By His works, I know He's God. And He is a forgiver of sins. Father, would you go with us on our way home now and watch over? Thank You so much for being here with Your people. Thank You for those that's listening, dear God. Deal with somebody today that has questions whether Jesus is really God or not. Yes, He is. And He proves it over and over again. Bless us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here.